And let's begin the day and discuss uh, international students in Canada. Now, the federal government's uh, attempt to boost the number of incoming international students have um, launched a booming industry and given Canadian employers a steady stream of labor. In fact, over 100,000 students arrive from India to study in Canada every single year. Now, drawn by Canada's reputation and the potential to gain permanent residency, tens of thousands of foreign students enroll every year in Canadian post-secondary schools. What many people don't see uh, while these students are going to school, universities and public colleges, what they don't see is a life of loneliness, isolation in some cases, long hours of work for many as well. Now, a new report from Press Progress as many international students from the Indian state of Punjab working here in BC are dying at high rates from drug overdose. Joining me now to discuss the issue is reporter Ramnik Johal from Press Progress. Ramnik, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So how prevalent is this issue in regards to international students and drug overdoses? So we're hearing from uh, faith leaders, Gyanin Narendra Singh from Gurdwara Duknavar in, in Surrey, that they're receiving, they're, they're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to return the bodies of students back to India. And he says when this happens, the Gurdwara receives uh, the coroner's reports, and 80% of the reports that they receive uh, say that the cause of death was a drug overdose. And, and to, to drill that down a little bit further, uh, Nir Jawalia of the Guru Nanak Food Bank said that he's hearing it's one to two students a week. And that's in Surrey alone, uh, students from India that are, are dying from drug overdose. Uh, and it's, it's alarming, to, to say the least. So in this case, you were mentioning the Gurdwara there uh, in Surrey. Are, are they the ones that are uh, communicating with the parents back in India? How, do, how does that work? Yes, yeah, so essentially... Because the students are international students, uh, specifically in this context that we're talking about students from Punjab, often families sell their land back home to send their, their children to study in Canada. And uh, money is tight. And often previously students were only able to work 20 hours a week. So if a student uh, dies in Canada, there is no kind of system, there's no insurance to get their bodies sent back. So families are paying out of pocket for both funerals and to get the, the bodies sent back to India. And so the um, the Gurdwara in Surrey uh, said that they kind of got involved because they were getting overwhelmingly contacted by families uh, seeking help and seeking support. Um, and so both the Food Bank and the Gurdwara said that they are raising funds uh, purely via donations to help these families because they really just don't know where else to turn. Uh, you were mentioning uh, one to two deaths uh, a week uh, from one local organization from the Grunanic uh, Food Bank. Um, are there any provincial statistics uh, that focuses on specifically international students or those uh, uh, of Indian heritage or, uh, uh, or immigrants that have come to this country, international students specifically. Is there any data that, that, that points to deaths from uh, that part of uh, India here in British Columbia? So, so that's the problem. Right now, there is no standard, provincial standard to release uh, race-based data or disaggregated data that points to some of these socioeconomic indicators of health in BC. And so what that means is a lot of this information is purely anecdotal. So hearing from community leaders, faith leaders, community-based organizations, funeral homes, uh, that's the only way that you can get this information. And so it's difficult to contextualize the issue if we don't have the numbers. And so 
it's similar to with the COVID pandemic, you know, there were certain areas, certain communities that were targeted disproportionately. Uh, but without this data, it's difficult to determine where these interventions may be needed. And we may be going off of some of these assumptions of what uh, a drug user may look like or be like or where they're from. Mm-hmm. But what this tells us is that, you know, there's various people from various communities that are being impacted. And we fully don't know the scope of the issue because the data simply isn't being released by the government. Uh, these students, I'm, I'm always amazed, you know, uh, I, sometimes when I leave my office uh, here after our show and I'll walk uh, to my vehicle, it's a couple blocks away and I enjoy the walk in the evening. I remember, uh, I think one day I counted the groups of students I ran into walking back to my vehicle. I think it was seven sets of students, all of, of the more South Asian descent. And I think, I think back even 20 years, if I was downtown reporting, you wouldn't have seen 27 different groups of South Asian students over a two-block two area. It certainly speaks to the changing face of Canada and all those types of things. But these students, they come here. Uh, you see them in the food courts. You see them uh, in fast food outlets. You see them delivering food downtown. You see them all over at the Lower Mainland. They come, they go to our schools here. They pay top dollar. In many cases, as you said, the families are poor. At the same time, they're working, paying paying their way, number one, and also sending back uh, money back to India. It is an incredibly stressful life. It is not something a traditional student probably sees here in Canada, isn't it? I mean, in regards to just being an international student, they, they, they take on a tremendous amount of responsibility. And with it, I would also argue, there's loneliness too, I'm sure, when you're away from your family. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of one of the factors that, that I was speaking to um, Genny Narendra Singh from the Gordora about. He was telling me that, you know, mental health is, it's not a conversation specifically in, in the South Asian community. It, it's still, it still has some stigma around it for students to be able to admit that they're struggling. But in some cases, they're unable to do so because their families are kind of putting all their eggs in one basket with their children and, and kind of expecting them to send money back home and to try and, you know, settle themselves here so that they can bring their family members over to Canada. And it's really not as straightforward as that when they when they come here. And anecdotally as well, many students have said that there is this real this entire system of, you know, Canada wants international students and that's great, but we need to be able to paint the reality of what life is like here. And oftentimes Students are coming and expecting it to be easy. They're expecting their rent to be cheap. They're expecting to be able to afford to live. And with the cost of living right now, with the cost of international student tuition, which is much higher than domestic student tuition, uh, it just isn't as easy as they're expecting it to be. Um, And so this does lead to isolation. It does lead to, uh, in some cases, folks turning to, to drugs to cope and oftentimes and what we heard uh, through a standing committee on health report that was published last fall, uh, some employers and, and fellow co-workers are encouraging uh, their friends or their workers to take illicit substances mm-hmm. to stay awake. So we're hearing people in trades and construction or long-haul trucking taking um, substances to, to stay alert in order to finish their shifts because they simply can't afford to, to miss their shifts or to not work. Ramnik, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.